welcome everybody to Not So Famous Achievers. Weekly conversations with some of the world's most amazing but not so famous achievers on what they did and how they did it and what you can learn from their journey. With your hosts, Will Christ and Robert White. Hey guys. Hello to all and welcome. So, Robert, tell us about who we have this uh, opportunity to have this great conversation with. You know, I am blessed to have some friends who are what I would call committed friends. They know who I am. They know my values. They will bust me if I'm not on track <laughs> toward my vision and my values. Arjun is a new friend who I uh, instantly connected with. He has a rich experience in corporate America, and I will ask him to tell more about that, what he's learned from it. Uh, and also, he, of course, is an, an, an entrepreneur himself. He is known as the uh, CEO Yoda. He's a, a source of wisdom and wit, and I'm just delighted. Uh, we'll find out a lot more about him in conversation. Welcome, Arjun. Thank you for having me. Truly a pleasure. Uh, it's special for you to be with us. Uh, well, I know a bit about you, and uh, Will knows a bit less. Uh, and I, I'm, I mentioned offline that I think you two guys uh, have so much in common, and uh, that a new friendship's being created here, which I, I, delights me. So, Will, do you want to kick things off? Sure. I, I, you know, Arjun, what uh, what we dreamed about when we put this together was three people sitting in a lounge someplace, maybe with cigars, maybe with a glass of scotch, whatever our favorite beverage is, but just reflecting on the world as we see it, talking about our experiences, where we see the world going, and especially how business can make a major impact on the changes that we're seeing in the world today. I love that, absolutely. And to me, what I really love is both parts the first part is about reflection on where the world is going. And secondly, building on that, on taking it forward to where, because the world changing so fast and it's the rate of change, which is so important. And that's the reason I think these conversations are priceless to have. Yes. Well, so tell me, uh, what, what do you see uh, what, with this? What, what I see is this major transition that we're going through. Uh, I, I was listening, listening to Bruce Lipton' uh, conversation from 2012 on Sounds True, and and he was talking about transition back in 2012, and now we're beginning to experience some of that in the streets, where the the the, you know, the kind of the uh, the Counter Reformation activity, January the sixth in Washington. All of these big pieces are moving around. What do you see as the direction that we're we're moving in? You know, I think if three of us could get a seat 50,000 feet above the planet for a second and look back at what has happened over the last 14 years, okay? everything has happened fast and at a mega scale. Never in the history of the planet, the whole planet went through the same and I'm sorry to use the word experiment, the soul situation, mm -hmm. together. And what we have realized is now that this change is here to stay. Mm -hmm. And as we have gone together, for the first time, we have got more comfortable virtually than socially. When the word social distance was there, I was laughing. It was physical distance. But what I've learned in the process that I'm more comfortable speaking on a Zoom now Heavens forbid, if somebody pays me to put me on a stage, I just would rather be behind the screen and be comfortable because I dress up. Like, think for a second, you know, laundry for pants, that business is nearly gone because I don't know who wears pants anymore. Right. And, you know, simple things as you start connecting the dots, start looking at is in this process, initially we were looking at the glass to be half empty. It took us a while once we got our comfort zone with this, you know, Zoom world or, you know, meeting whatever world that is there. Is this has forced us to work with anybody and everybody anywhere on the planet? Okay. 
So the globalization we were talking about, you know, COVID, the reaction to COVID helped us. So it's not that COVID made us change. We were ready for this change. Sometimes you can't let a big crisis go waste. And this big crisis has opened opportunities for us like we have never seen before. It's simply priceless. Well, and, and you know, what Kevin's book uh, that, that I, I just ordered and take a look at, talking about remote leadership, it's going to be very interesting as we move away from that whole category of remote and simply recognize that this is how leadership will happen moving forward. When you see uh, the president meeting with major leaders around the world on a Zoom meeting, that's just astounding that from the top to the bottom, I mean, coffee clatches, well, let's get together on Zoom. Uh, it, it's, it's just amazing. But what it is, it is so empowering because once you're on Zoom, by definition, you're global. Yeah, there are two things what you said that hits me hard. One is earlier leadership was to me with Robert White, who is my leader. I'm with him, behind him, in his shadows. Okay. But on Zoom, think each one of us in the same real estate, like three of us are equally important on Zoom, which means for the first time we are realizing in a team, every person is equal. And secondly, <laughs> Robert can influence me, but now I have to act by myself. In a real world, Robert can carry me and take care of my shortcomings. Because in a team, that's what the captain does. Like he, and you know, I'm just pick, couldn't pick a better person knowing him, he's the man who lives every day taking every person across the finish line. But the leadership principle is changing in my mind. Earlier, the focus was on the leader. Now it is on every individual because once the Zoom light turns off, what I do in between meetings to make my leader, Robert White, proud makes the team stronger. But the equal real estate is a big thing that hit me because we never got the thing for a second. If three of us even met, you know, Robert, if he's the CEO, he would get the head of the table. He gets mm -hmm. a preferred seating. Arjun may get not even on the table. I may get a chair next to the wall. <laughs> that was the hierarchy. Now it's all equal. I don't even know how to move people in a Zoom screen to show who is more important. Zoom is equal footing. <laughs> Very you know, democratic, very democratic. Well, well, I'm going to push it even further. Uh, you know, with EOS, we talk about, uh, you're familiar with EOS, right, Arjun? Yes. All right. So with EOS, we talk about uh, uh, accountability charts. And, and we, we, you know, we have visionary and integrator at the top. And then we have underneath that. Well, my wife now, my wife is a Native American, and she is highly involved with uh, Native American theological education around the world, especially indigenous cultures all around the world. And she said to me, yes, so many of the things you were talking about are, are, are resonate with indigenous organization. She said that visual is incorrect. It is a circle. It is not a top down. It is a circle. And that's what I think we're seeing on Zoom is when you talk about where, you know, it's, it's, it's not a matter of, of moving the, the leader to the top. It's a matter of seeing what we call the Brady, Brunch, the Brady Bunch picture, but recognizing this is a circle that we're in. Mm -hmm. And let me add one more thing is, and don't take it personally, Will and Robert, but without Zoom, I would have never been physically this close to both of you to see your reactions to everything I say. Earlier in the world, I could fake it till I made it. But with Zoom, there's no faking. If I'm going to say something really stupid, I would see an expression by saying, I can't believe, like if as a guest, I'm across three stupid things, I start seeing a signal, which means, you know, get this guy out of here right now. <laughs> closeness is very important. The feedback that we are getting from each other I have never got that feedback ever, ever. Well, and, and you know, there's a, a, lots of...
people will say, oh, the Zoom meeting versus face-to-face, I can't watch, I can't see the body language. I don't think that's true. I think it's a matter of paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would take this to a totally different level. Okay? I was working with a client, this is just to put in perspective, April of last year when we are just hitting by, hit by this big monster, we don't know what to do. They are looking at their whole business is based on smiling for the client. Okay? And with a mask, they felt there was no smile. I said, no. What we learned was smile happens when you smile, but it lights up in your eyes. Okay. The eyes transmit smile even for the like, even if I smile right now without you having eye contact with me, it doesn't work. These guys had right through. I even helped them understand the obvious that earlier, without a mask, you were still smiling and saying, my pleasure without seeing the customer. So nothing has changed. All you have to do is keep smiling as if Robert or Will is in front of me. And that's the whole world of, I I really think we have come much closer, much bigger, much like this to me, once we recover from this and create the new normal, man, this will be such a big, better world that we will be in. For the first time, we'll be a global citizen. Yeah, yes. It, it, that's. I think you've just put your finger on something that I hadn't realized before. When I said this was, uh, you know, uh, I think the first time I realized it was when one of my friends said, "Oh, well, you know, this back in March, April of last year. Well, we put our Bible study online so that we can have Bible study." And then I said to them, "That's wonderful." Because once you are online with your Bible study, you can invite people from Africa, from Germany, from Japan, from Australia to be part of your Bible study, and you will get a very different experience mm-hmm. of what it's like. And, and what you just said was, when we push the Zoom button, we become a global citizen. Yes. Wow. You know, Arjun... Uh, a lot of what we're talking about is a current reality and a future that we are jointly inventing and, and living into. Uh, you have this very rich background in corporate uh, life, corporate America primarily. Uh, as you look back on that, how much of that life either uh, supports or pushes you away from certain qualities, certain behaviors what is it you learned in corporate America that's you're bringing bringing into and in perhaps a refined form into your current work with clients? I, I would put that into two sides. One is the people side. To me, corporate world is all about the connection. It's all about the incredible people, the leaders who I have been fortunate to work with. And I'll give you an example: is the person I love most and hated most for one day. <laughs> My most amazing boss, Blake Hurst, and he was president of Papa John's as you know, head of marketing and operations. I was ready for the next big promotion. Okay, think for a second. You have a boss with whom you have checked every KPI, and he likes you, and he loves you. You know, I was even pre-spending the amazing raise I, raise I would get. Blaine meets me and says, everything's good, Arjun, but you're not getting the raise. And the reason is, you are not practicing one thing. I don't see you as a customer in our restaurant every week. I don't see you as a customer in competitive restaurants every week. And you being the leader, if you don't practice this, this is not going to go through. Till I see you be humble and act humble, no raise. (laughs) My two words, my three words was, come on, man. (laughs) <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, like, I'm going to go back and do it every day. I'm going to do it five weeks. No. He said, no. It needs to come spontaneously. I left. I started kicking every wall in my office. Okay. But you know, life is a marathon. A year later, I was grateful to Blaine Hurst that day because I was getting arrogant. I needed to be hit by a two by four. And I would not even go back to him till it was second nature to me not just the checkbox because I respected him. And these are the kind of things that, Robert, you have led so many people. I feel so many people who have been fortunate to be led by you have felt it. And they don't get a chance to share with you 
but they must be equally grateful. And to me, that's one side. And the second side is the functional side where everything I look at, I just put it into three things. One is see beyond. We need to see what others don't. Because the world really doesn't need another Arjun doing another marketing, another website. No. Each one of us needs to see things differently. A second is wow, one more. doesn't matter what business you are in. Your impact is one person, one client at a time. And the third is make ideas bigger. We get very impatient with an idea. We have an idea, we run with a plan. I just feel, no, no, no. Let's make ideas bigger because the bigger ideas help you with an amazing launch. And so at the end, it's the people and on the business side, see beyond, wow one more and make ideas bigger. So to me, these are universal things I'm seeing. And Robert, you know, thank you for giving the opportunity to share this. Wow. Do you miss the the structure, the support, you know, all of that stuff that goes with being with Papa John's or a, or a, a company as big as that? Do you miss that in your daily life? Absolutely. You know, there's nothing like feeling like you're asking me, what do you want? Do you want to throw the touchdown and just feel the adrenaline rush or be on the side with your hand on the chin? (laughs) All has a role. And lately, you know, every two years, one year, I get opportunities to be, you know, interim CMO, CEO for a few days. I just realized I've lost the touch. Earlier, I had the patience to come to a meeting but nobody knows what the agenda is. I can't do that. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I feel like strangling people. I don't like, you know, I have control on myself. Like on a Zoom or anything, we have the luxury by saying three of us are here. Why are we here? But corporate world, you can't always do that. You have to be a little politically correct and says, okay, mm-hmm, maybe we should. What do you think? But I really think being outside, you have to live on the impact. Corporate world, I feel... There's a lot of power, but I really don't think I can go back and you know, slow down a little. Let me ask you, Arjun, when, you talk, when we talk about impact, mm-hmm. we talk about impact. I mean, we've got some very significant issues in the world that are coming today. Mm-hmm. And, and we know that we know that the overwhelming majority of, of companies are small to medium-sized companies. They're not major corporate entities. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the major impact is going to come from for solving these issues? I mean, take a look at the plastic in you know the plastic in the Pacific Ocean. Look at uh, overfishing, look at the climate change. I mean, just start naming the issues. Do you think that's going to come from corporate impact? Do you think it's going to come from small to medium-sized business changes? I really think, you know, I would go back to the Zoom equality, as my friend Robert said, democracy, because all of a sudden, the size really doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. For us, we all have to think big, act small. I'll give you a totally random example. Last 12 months taught me, why will I pay my bank to have prime real estate and tellers and all these services I don't need. If tomorrow Will's bank comes in and says, Arjun, I'm going to treat you so nice and all these things. And every month I give you 3%. Will, I'm moving to you right now. So as you start looking at, with us being at home, my favorite restaurant dining room is my dining room. Mm-hmm. I do all my business sitting in front of my laptop because I'm the king of my laptop. So the size really doesn't matter anymore. Which means if you start acting big, sorry, think big, but act small and humble, then you all of a sudden start taking responsibilities by collaborating with others. I'll give you another example. I'm working with a nonprofit. These guys were raising obscene amount of money for oxygen in India. But what we realize is if both of you gave just an example, a million dollars, they can buy the oxygen concentrators. But oxygen concentrators in US is useless to people hurting in India. This tiny organization raised $20 million. UPS, 
reached out by saying for free of cost we'll expedite and get those concentrators to india in 36 hours now the 20 million dollars which was sitting here because of a partnership in 36 hours will start saving lives and that's what i'm looking at is if you start acting with a big vision your partner could be a mega business who earlier wouldn't have seen you, but I really think the marriage between big and small will happen much easier mm-hmm. because the whole thing is cause related. And that's mm-hmm. the part where again, Robert, I am, even though we have met recently, I'm an obscenely large fan of you and I'm going to make you blush today is when we met, what we found was this man is a thought leader, but he includes me where I can participate. So to me, I really think the big picture, connecting with the smaller picture, the smaller is me, as you start connecting them together, this new world allows us to partner and tackle bigger challenges together because earlier the small brands did not have a voice, but they do now. That's interesting. That That's very interesting. The problems before that were large slid off of the agenda because, well, we can't do anything about that. An example, um, uh, recently, you know, maybe six months ago at a, uh, where we were handing out food, uh, and this is a, um, a group that we hand out a hundred, you know, hand out a ton of food to people every Thursday. And it's a large logistics issue with farmers shipping in food and people handing it out. Well, one of the, one of the people who was a, a leader in it, uh, is an, uh, an Apache native came to me and whispered in my ear. He said, he said, Will, do you know that there are lots of people on the Navajo reservation who do not have running water? And I said, no, I didn't. Well, he said, there are. So that caused me to start thinking about that. And I discovered in my research uh, a group called Dig Deep who have the Navajo Water Project, and they have a way of getting water through cisterns that they built and and solar cells to these separated houses on the Navajo reservation. And that began to touch me. And I, for the first time realized I have networks of people. We could raise a hundred thousand dollars every year for that. And when I put that together over 10 years, that's a million dollars. And, and that to me is an example of thinking big because now I have networks that have been turned on to that, and we're going to exceed that $100,000. I am absolutely convinced. But it's it. there's something about uh, uh, what you're talking about, this, this it's, it's not a, it, it, it's a globalization of our imagination, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, for those of us who are just listening, just trust me, Will's eyes lit up like nothing before in this whole conversation as he started talking about this. And that is the good, dangerous thing in our life right now. Danger, I say, in a good thing, because all of a sudden, Will starts realizing his true capabilities. Before Will may have thought that he is capable of 100,000 at most raising, now he is comfortable. Eyes are lighting up by $100 million. And that is so important for us to realize is if each individual on this planet starts dreaming with reality 10x, 15x, think how big this would be. And the second thing earlier, the agenda, I'm sorry, you know, I sound goofy, but the agenda was controlled by bigger brands because they had the money. Think for a Mm -hmm. second, if three of us are going somewhere and Will, you're paying, you have more say than us and where we go for dinner, okay? Yep. But now the agenda can be defined by Will, Arjun, and Robert equally because we are all together. I'll give you another example. Again, go back to April last year. Okay. This tiny organization with 1,000 volunteers in India, eh, sorry, in the U.S., these are all immigrants. They wanted to do something for the country. They realized that first responders were, did not have N95 masks. This is two months after covid they sourced it from India. They brought 700,000 masks here and distributed them one-on-one. And the coolest thing about the selflessness of this group was 
they didn't even keep a mask for themselves or their loved ones. They gave everyone to the first responders because it was sad to see our doctors and firefighters using disposable masks for three days, five days, 10 days. Okay. Hundred, uh, sorry, thousand people sitting in US accomplished what you just did. And what was even cool dangerous to me, that's what I look at is once they were done with this first project, they felt they could do more. <laughs> and once you have accomplished the 10x of your capabilities, like once your mind explodes, wow, this is what the world is getting to. I'm just brutally, I'm just have to be honest with you. I'm very excited about these new opportunities. You know, the uh, movie industry has this thing called a trailer, you know, a little uh, two or three minute introduction to a, a film that, that they want you to spend some money to to go and see. So I want uh, Arjun, I want you to do a trailer kind of, uh, but one that might contribute to the people that are, are listening and viewing this, this session. Uh, you know, we are blessed that in a next Living a Better Story get together that we have in Scottsdale uh, next week, that you're going to contribute a, a video for us. Uh, and again, you you can't travel right now, but you can you can contribute. And we're going to be asking you to talk about this idea of one of one. And uh, is there a way for you to do a trailer, a brief summary of that idea? It was it's so empowering. It is so potentially valuable to so many executives. First of all, before I go, I'm doing a little dance because Robert White called me empowering. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can beg. Come on. I know how to beg. Thank you. <laughs> so what, the thing that is very important is the world doesn't need another Arjun or another Robert or another Will. world needs the Arjun, the Robert, the Will. And that's the part where each one of us must realize that we were created unique. My amazing daughter, Raka, she's 27, keeps reminding me that my right eyebrow and my left eyebrow are not the same. <laughs> Then she also reminds me that God created Arjun and God made no mistakes. He makes no mistakes. Think, God drives the earth and the moon around the sun for obscene amount of years without insurance. He doesn't need insurance because he makes no accidents. Okay? So in that particular world, I really think that whole one-on-one, -on -one, the personal journey starts with you having a good mirror to look at yourself. And as you start looking at yourself, you really must see your true potential. And there are two dimensions I want you to look at. One is look at your skills and break it into three areas. One, what you're good at. Two, what you love doing, what puts a smile on your face. And three, take both those things to make an impact. In the last trip, I met amazing people like Daryl, who will make millions of impacts. Not all of us are that fortunate or blessed, but if I can make one more, the score is one plus, that is really helpful. And the second part is, as you start going through and making an impact, it's all about giving, but also asking. You know, what is incredibly important is for you to give, you need to grow more. And what I've learned during COVID is there are so many people who I am fortunate to know who are ready to give. All I need to do is ask. Ask means the no is an okay answer. But that the whole part is please look at yourself as a brand, live the brand with pride. Second, you know, skills, passion, but impact and ask. And as I go through this, Robert, since you and I have talked, I have fine-tuned my life's mantra of four things which I want to share. And this is very important in personal branding. I'm living this every day for last six months. I can talk about it. First is no crap. Not giving crap, not taking crap, which is very important. <laughs> so no, very sophisticated term there. Very sophisticated. <laughs> you know, that. I, just, I have, I, I'll find a better word soon, but that's. <laughs> it's the perfect word. Second is no excuses. If you ask me to babysit your little puppy dog, I, no excuses. Third is just results. And the fourth and the most important thing is no regrets. Robert cannot ever tell Robert, you could have done this better yesterday. 
yesterday what robert did consciously made the best decision any robert white could have done any day and let's be proud of it yes robert can learn and do better so the no regret is very important because we are spending too much time second guessing ourselves and changing the past which we can't let's accept the past be blessed that we are today and look forward and thank you for the opportunity to share that wow you get why i was so excited about having arjun joining us yes absolutely absolutely that you know one of the things that i learned in in working with sales people and sales managers for 18 years um was that it was not a matter of trying to convince somebody to do something that they didn't want to do so often sales people get into that mentality right i don't want to talk to sales people they might try to get me to do something i i don't want to do and 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 what i helped them to understand was their job was to go out and find people who had a problem that they want to solve what i'm hearing from you is that that they're that that we're going to take that up and amp it up dramatically yeah because this is a matter not a matter of asking what do you and your limited imagination want to do what do you and your limited imagination see as your problems it is to ask about large problems and do you want to participate in solving those problems because that to me is where the journey becomes very exciting okay to, well just to take on that imagination and and recognize the kind of things we've been recognizing is that that the globalization that we are now global citizens whether we choose to do that or not whether that's you know, it's a challenge we want to hide from or not it is there peter diamandis talks about the rising billion who are going to have who now have or are in the process of getting cell phones that are going to be connected to the internet and that puts them in a place where education is coming to them as a tsunami there's a fire hose of things that they can do for free that micro uh, uh lending makes that possible for women and and men in Africa and in the outback of Australia to participate in a global economy in ways they never had before and we are are going to see huge changes because of that i love that i love where you started also about sales in a world where we are all going back to restaurants one of the things we always do is ask a server what's your favorite dish mm-hmm. the moment the server has a favorite dish and shares with enthusiasm that automatically for me goes on top of the list which mm-hmm. means on sales if we can do the following put yourself in the position of the buyer and make sure that you are excited to sell it to yourself that is so important you cannot fake the excitement if the server is vegetarian and says yeah they have a little cheese steak sandwich i am told it is good you're not ordering that there's no faking on this part because that's the part where fake till you make it i really feel does not work you have to sell to yourself you have to be the customer think like the customer feel like the customer and then buy as if you're the customer because if i'm going to buy from myself it's the nonverbal energy that will be showing and think connecting to the global world it's very important that all of a sudden i can talk to anybody like this conversation is having us after this i can talk to a few friends in amsterdam and tomorrow in london authentic arjun being excited about what i have to offer as a solution has a much better chance of selling to the entire world than i'm unsure it it, it seems to me that that in a similar way to what you're talking about when you walk into a new restaurant that your imagination is kind of flat i mean what do you have you have a piece of paper there that has words on it and somebody has put those words in together it's in a way hoping to to stimulate you to say i want that but that server has the opportunity to infuse your imagination to invite you into a whole different possibility and that to me is is where we are right now with a lot of the world seeing the world as a uh, filled with scarcity filled with threat filled with limitation which is not true 
we live in a world of abundance. We live in a world of in enormous possibilities. Mm-hmm. And the only limitation is our own imagination or lack thereof. And so to me, the kind of sales that we're talking about is inviting somebody into a different world. Oh, certainly one of abundance as opposed to one of lack. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's that's a belief system that was prevalent, certainly in the United States in the early 1900s, and particularly after the uh, Great Depression. You know, in the month in my small business many years ago, where I made more money in one month than I had made in one year, I was very proud of that. And then I got the letter from my mom that asked me if I had found steady work, a steady job, <laughs> you know, and and God bless her. You know, she was a depression baby. So that's how she thinks. And, uh, uh, you know, it took all the air out of me for a day or two. And then I started enjoy, enjoying all that extra income. Uh, but that belief around lack, that there's not enough, not enough money, not enough time, not enough support, not enough new ideas, whatever, those beliefs are becoming a little bit more difficult to hang on to, given the incredible abundance in the world today. And, uh, uh, you know, that farmer in India that now has a cell phone to check uh, crop prices, that changes everything for him and, and his family. Abundance is such a beautiful concept to think. At Zen Mango, we always believe in one concept, which is we are all in the feeling business. Go back to Robert as a child or Will as a child. Like We always are wired in tune to work and hang out with people who make us feel good. So the example you are giving, Will, is when the server comes in, knowing that everything is like a white piece of paper, but we are still like a little kid looking at each other, what will happen today? How will the food be? Along with the beverage of choice, if they got us little samplers, chef has prepared this for you. Wow. And the coolest thing about feeling is there's no ceiling to feelings. There's no boundary on how much you can make me feel good. You just go surpass expectations. Then at some point I say, well, you didn't have to do that. Very soon I go to the next level. I take pictures. Guess what these guys do? And all of a sudden I'm your spokesperson, hired for life, self-hired, telling everybody, if you have one meal left on this planet, this is the place you come to. (laughs) That whole thing, Robert, you talked about abundance. There's no ceiling. You can take people to any level you want. There's you just have to imagine and put your heart behind it. You know, Arjun, if uh, if an executive that you're working with and you're in this kind of a conversation with him or her and they say, well, that's airy-fairy, new-agey, uh, hippie stuff, you know, that, that, okay, that's very philosophical and I live in the real world and uh, I've got to produce results here. How do you interact with that person in the work that you're doing now? Yeah, you know, first of all, you cannot call a client stupid because <laughs> but if I could, I would just say that you are one, ex- you know, one step from getting extinct because <laughs> the world doesn't need any more okay solutions. Okay, mm-hmm. It's like okay means if you were in a date, the search doesn't stop there. Search stops with an emotional connection. So however big you are, like we are seeing brands vanish just like that. The other day in Houston, I was driving by this building. I could still see the shadow of the sign Sears. I stood there. You know, it just vanished. Like five years from now, people would say Sears who? So I really think those amazing leaders really must understand that the world doesn't need you unless you have a niche which you deliver and once your guests, your clients feel it, they must feel search stops here. Like, this is a visualize a new Olympics where three of us are participating in some sports. But the rules change a little bit. There's no more silver, no more bronze. Winner takes all and there's only one medal. How would you play? And that is the new contest. This conversation is so much fun that we have forgotten to take a break. And uh, so uh, let's do that now. Traction Tools is the EOS software for visual collaborative problem solvers like you. 
built to manage each key component of your business, including vision and traction, data, people, meetings, and even process. The new digital whiteboard helps you illustrate, communicate, and work together throughout the decision-making process, and our new document drive makes file sharing even easier. So, if you want to save time and reduce repetitive tasks with easy automations, you really should take a look at Traction Tools and their EOS software. Sign up for a 30-day free trial at MyTractionTools.com. That's MyTractionTools.com. And now back to our show. I have something for you. Do you know, do you know this book by Julian Simon? That interesting. This is this is on the back of the book. The late Julian Simon led a vigorous challenge to conventional beliefs about scarcity of energy and natural resources, the effects of immigration, and the perils of overpopulation by arguing that the ultimate resource is the human imagination coupled to the human spirit. And I have read this several times when I get caught up in the world is coming to an end because of this or that or the other. And and it's amazing. You know, how many books did we have about the, um, you know, uh, the end of this or that particular resource? And and then we move through that. I mean, I am so I was so excited about Elon Musk and the Tesla. Uh, and and wanting to buy a Tesla, not so much because of the car, but because I wanted to vote for his imagination, and 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 that to me is what's exciting about where we are right now is is the people who are living into their imagination. I mean, here, here's an example of of, of a group in in um, the Bay Area called Dignity Moves. All right, so we have sixty thousand homeless in L.A. And there's a huge number in San Francisco. And so as they looked at the problem, they began to take a, a you know, to, to, to deal with each one of the, each one of the um, uh, limitations by themselves. First was, uh, you know, how do we, how do we uh, take the, the cost of putting a, a unit for homeless together from seventy hundred thousand, from seven hundred thousand dollars, which is the cost in L.A. for one housing, one family, how do we move that from seven hundred thousand to ten thousand? And by putting together business people and using imagination, they came up with a way of of creating pre-manufactured houses, and they're now available. They can do that at ten thousand dollars a unit. Well, how do we move the problem? From uh, you know, from taking somebody who's homeless to getting them into permanent housing, and so then begin to put together a coalition of social social service agencies and put that together. And then the problem was, well, how do we find land for this? Which in California is a huge issue. And so what they've discovered is that they can put thirty-two units on a quarter of an acre, and they don't have to own it. They only have to borrow it for a couple of years because they can move the units. And so now the issue is, how do we find that land? Well, I interviewed Elizabeth Funk on my radio show, and we des- we decided, oh, we can use real estate business tools because there's a digital map that has that has an overview of every piece of property in California. And we know exactly who owns it. And we know exactly what the use is. And so now we're putting a tiger team together who's going to go, once we have the list of available uh, land, we're going to go out and talk to all those people who have land banked uh, the land or they're simply holding it. And we're going to ask them, can we use this land for two years? And that to me is imagination. And now when we can start thinking about putting 50,000 people, moving them out of the uh, of homelessness into what what we're calling interim supportive housing and it's it's actually using your imagination to solve those problems you know that's brilliant and i love the three steps of what you took us through one is at the beginning when you talked about you know when we read lots of books we feel like giving up i think the world will come to an end when all of us give up together and it's yes. not going to happen because now that we are connected, there'll be one goofy person somewhere on the planet who says, I'm not giving up. 
which means <laughs> movement. And that's the good part about connecting. The second is the big dream that you put in place, which initially was unachievable, $10,000 and helping not one person, 50,000, 100,000 and more. And I really think that forced this group to start looking at is who else is there ready to play? And the partnership, like together, like think for a second is, I'm sorry, Will, I know you are really cool, but the very fact you partnered with so many people, it has really helped us achieve this big thing. And that's the part where I really feel that this conversation, everything I'm listening is, we really must take one thing is there's no ceiling, there's no limit. Mm-hmm. I love my wife dearly. And this move, I want to show her more every day. That's a new mission in life. Hopefully, she's not going to listen to this conversation. She wanted a mirror in the bathroom. And sorry, a clock in the bathroom. Okay, I could have gone to Walmart and got the clock, but I'm like, she doesn't ask for anything. I hand drew a bad illustration, but about two people holding hands, a man and a woman, put that on a clock. And last night when she was very tired, I hung it. I even put it where she's in the shower from there. She can see it because that way it gets her extra few seconds or minutes in the shower. They were tears. And I really think we must all realize that we can all go further. The imagination is the key, whether it is your loved one or as amazing will is making an impact on hundreds of thousands of homeless people with $10,000. And that's the sustainability. I really think imagine and collaborate. Such a powerful concept. You know, one of my clients in China is the uh, second largest manufacturer of air conditioning parts in the world. Uh, 19,000 employees. They sell in 30 countries. They manufacture in seven countries. And they're at the top. They're populated heavily by scientists, by engineers, by experts and metallurgists and and. Uh, you know, it's not unusual to find people with a, an advanced degree in physics in, a, in our, our trainings that we were doing for them there. And one of the things we do in, in our trainings is to ask these groups, uh, usually between 100 and 250 people of executives, to choose a public service project. Now, in the United States, when we do this, it's usually individuals making individual choices. But in Asia, it's, they almost always choose group projects. So what if you have two or 300 people, you break that into smaller groups. But one of the groups in this very engineering-oriented, very hard science-oriented people, one of the groups decided that their project would be to take a look at employee housing. And of course, in China, that's a big thing, these dormitories with hundreds, thousands of employees living in dormitories. And they decided that they were going to look at it. And of course, they started looking through that that lens of the hard sciences, the size of the rooms and uh, the lighting and all of those kinds of things. You know, where they ended up was about uh, really about the environment, about recycling and reusing and a, a bunch of things like that. And what happened that surprised them was that it wasn't just the physical changes that got launched by that project. It was how people felt about each other, how they felt about the company, how they felt about their customers, how they were participating in a bigger world. And I think that's one of the shifts for executives today is to realize that the spirit of a company is much more than whether or not they hit quarterly targets or what their quality level is. Uh, spirit is a lot of different aspects coming together. Today, when young people, really talented young people, are looking for that first job or looking at staying at a job and not listening to the advertisements that they're getting on LinkedIn uh, or through LinkedIn for the next job, why do they why do they join a company? Why do they stay? It's it's because of the spirit. It's because we're up to something bigger than just making this product or delivering this service. And uh, uh, there's just an, an incredible shift happening in that arena. 
Will, are we running out of time here? We're running out of time, but I wanted to, I just wanted to tie that up with, you know, spirit and imagination are in the same frame. Absolutely. It's that, that, that belief in the unseen, the possibilities that are there. And, and, and the reality is if there's somebody who can create or some force or can create the cosmos, then participating in that kind of imagination, we can solve the problems that we are experiencing. And Arjun, uh, as we do complete this, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share what you're up to and uh, how people can reach you, how people can support your work. What can uh, all of us do uh, to know more about you and your work and where you're headed? So right now, first of all, thank both of you for this incredible opportunity. I'm trying to make an impact on two areas. One is working with brands directly to help them win big. Because winning is fun, but winning big is where the sustainable long-term wins are. And secondly, I'm working as a whisperer to CXOs to help them balance their time on three areas. One, what is the one bottleneck or barrier of today? How do I meet the goals tomorrow? And how do I set up for future success? And I really am having fun working with incredible individuals and brands doing that. So that's a little infomercial on Arjun. And you can find me at Arjun at ZenMango.com. ZenMango, Z-E-N, Mango, the fruit. And the name was given to me by my cool, amazing daughter. And I'm very, hold that very cherished. I cherish it closely. Again, truly a pleasure to be in this discussion with you, Will and Robert. Well, I look forward to uh, more conversations with you, Arjun. Arjun, uh, not just as a friend, but as somebody that really admires you, the way you think, and and your commitment to contribution, uh, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you, and 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 thank you for participating in our conversations with uh, not-so-famous achievers. there you have it another great example of why you should tune in each and every week to hear our conversations with very successful but not so famous achievers right here in Orange County's only community radio station octalkradio.net streaming live from the University of California Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center